Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to telling you everything you're scared to Google. I am your host, Jack, and I have morally reprehensible search history. <laughs> First and foremost, I wanted to say that lately, I have been getting a lot of feedback from you guys. Lots of cool tidbits that you guys have found interesting, and I absolutely fucking love it. It lights up my whole day when I get those messages in my DMs. So I'm actually currently writing notes for an episode that's going to compile some of your guys' favorite animal facts. Thank you guys so, so, so much for sending me those messages. It really makes me happy to know that you guys are enjoying this podcast. I work really hard on it to make it fun for you guys. But also, if you've got some cool shit you want to send me, send it. I'll put it into the episode. I'll give you a shout out. I love weird shit. <laughs> I'm going to make it the next 10 series episode, so you'll see it for episode 20. You do have a little bit of time to send me all of your worst animal facts. Which means I should probably go ahead and start talking about what this episode is going to be about. The albatross. I'm an albatross. Specifically, I'm going to narrow it down to the Lazen albatross. It's commonly mistaken for a seagull. The way to tell them apart is that the albatross has a super blown out smoky eye. And they're also lucky enough to live almost exclusively in Hawaii, which I am insanely jealous of. 99.7% of the 2.5 million bird population. What a peachy life. <laughs> but that 0.3% have started exploring like Japan and Mexico just like little rebels. Compared to most albatrosses, the Lazen albatross is actually really small with a wingspan of up to 80 inches, which I think that's like over six feet. Hold on, 80 divided by 12. I don't have a calculator. I don't know, let's go with over six feet. <laughs> and they're also uh, four to nine pounds. And it always amazes me how light birds are. Like for something so big to weigh that little, I always forget about their hollow bones. They're just some weird-ass dinosaurs. <laughs> Another cool thing to note is that they're generally fairly silent birds, which I feel like is really uncommon amongst birds overall. <laughs> but when they do make sounds, they like... moo. <laughs> Seriously, listen. <laughs> Honestly, what the fuck is that sound? <laughs> Who does that? Who goes around imitating cows? <laughs> Actually, I do have an answer to that. <laughs> My brother had a really weird phase when he was super into cows. He was the weird kid growing up, but I grew up into the weird adult. <laughs> Anyways, another awesome factoid about albatrosses. There is one female that was named Wisdom, and she is the oldest known wild bird in the world. She was discovered and banded all the way back in 1956, but not as a chick. It's estimated that she was already about five years old by the time she was banded, as she was already of child-rearing age. And this bitch is still alive. She is amazing. Actually, let me give her some shoutouts real quick. Listen to this bad bitch. She has survived for so long that the US Geological Survey Services had to replace her band six times. She's flown an estimated three million miles. That is incredible. I haven't flown a single mile. I'm fucking slacking, dude. Also, she and her chick survived the 2011 Tohoku earthquake that killed thousands of lazen albatrosses. And she's reared around 40 chicks in her lifetime. She actually lays eggs more frequently than other lazen albatrosses. She is insane. I hope she lives forever. But unfortunately, not all albatrosses are as resilient as wisdom. The IUCN had them classified as vulnerable previously, but thankfully, their numbers are actually getting better. 
They're now listed as near threatened, but they still haven't fully recovered from all of the mass hunting against them in the 1900s. And they're obviously still very much threatened by the massive amount of plastic in the ocean, as well as lead poisoning. So hopefully that's something that gets fixed as world governments face pressure to solve those types of environmental issues. All right, let's move on to something more lighthearted. I don't like sad things either, guys. 2020's got enough of that shit. So let's talk about love, true love, equality and kindness. During the first three years after hatching, the albatrosses are considered juveniles and they don't return to the colony. But then they'll have matured and begin returning to the colony every year. But they won't begin laying eggs yet. They'll spend four to five years finding a mate to pair bond with, doing an insanely elaborate mating dance that's broken down into 25 steps. I often wonder where my boyfriend and I would be if he had performed a dance routine for me on our first date. <laughs> so after a few years of dancing, a pair of albatrosses will bond and will stay together for the rest of their lives. Something that any traditionalists or conservatives listening right now can probably get behind. Strong family values. But I guess bucking against that for the lazen albatrosses, both parents share an equal role in incubating the egg and caring for their chick, which they usually lay one either every year or every other year. Usually the male will incubate first since the female just got finished pushing the whole thing out of her, but they do it in equal shifts. Same goes for flying out to sea and getting food for the chick so that neither parent ends up overwhelmed. It's a fantastic practice that I think more humans should follow. When it comes time for breeding, lazen albatrosses will form this big colony of a shit ton of birds, all building nests and having sex. On the island of Oahu, that's the main one with most of the people, by the way, the male to female ratio is a little bit skewed, a ratio of two males to three females. But that doesn't bother the albatrosses. Like, sure, the surplus females need a male to fertilize the egg, but they don't need one to raise a chick. So 31% of female albatrosses on Oahu form female pair bonds. Then, when the lesbian couple is ready to start rearing a chick, one of them will essentially get a sperm donor to fertilize an egg, she'll head back to the nest, and then her and the wifey will raise the chick together. Generally speaking, the ladies will trade off each year which one of them lays the egg. And honestly, albatrosses seem like such considerate birds overall. Like I said, strong family values. By the way, going back to Wisdom really quick, she's the oldest wild bird that I mentioned earlier. She has lived for so freaking long that she has outlived her original pair bond, found another young stud, and has already been with him for about 12 years now. That doesn't really happen with these birds, but she is just that stubborn about dying. She is basically Queen Elizabeth, just an immortal old lady. You know what else can happen? Divorce. Even monogamous animals can get divorced, including the lazy albatross. It usually ends up happening when a partnership fails to result in chicks due to infertility. Then each partner will split off and find a new mate. With the lazy albatrosses on Oahu, it's certainly not uncommon for a divorced same-sex couple to try to find a male, as that obviously has a higher chance of mating success. But it's also not unheard of for the female in a divorced opposite-sex couple to find a same-sex mate, which I think there's a joke there. <laughs> Generally speaking, male albatrosses tend to pair with females who have better fertility, so the less fertile females usually end up in same-sex pair bonds. So I guess that it would probably be more accurate to say that the albatrosses are bisexual. But then again, those are terms meant to be applied to humans, and all the albatrosses are doing is whatever is best for them. Can't say things are unnatural if it's found in nature. There is too much weird shit in the world to realistically call anything normal. 
Speaking of which, quick tangent here. I once got into a conversation about sexual differences between humans and the rest of the animal world. Again, I am so, so sorry to anybody who knows me in real life. I don't know why I'm like this. But we were talking about how wild it is that all of the weird things that humans do, there's an animal out there that does it too. I was trying to find something that was exclusive to humans, like except for super niche specific fetishes that require a certain level of sentience. But like, for example, homosexuality found in nature, prostitution found in nature, oral sex found in nature, anal sex found in nature, polygamy, monogamy, divorce, foreplay, nipple play, a lot of shit is found in nature. You wanna know the only thing that I've found that humans do that animals don't? <laughs> I don't know how to say it delicately, so I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Eating ass. <laughs> I couldn't find a single example of a non-human animal orally stimulating an anus for pleasure. The only examples I could find were more uh, hygiene driven. So I gotta say I am proud of millennials for really setting us humans apart. <laughs> I know that sounds sarcastic, but I promise it's not. We are some fucking mold breakers. I am genuinely so happy to be part of the generation known for ass and avocados. <laughs> that being said, if I am wrong, please send me a DM or an email or something. I would love to know if there is actually an animal out there that does do that. Like, I, I couldn't find anything. So if you guys know anything, please tell me. But alas. This is where I leave you, dear audience. Until next hump day. <laughs> Don't forget to follow Phonication on Instagram and Twitter, where I like to post weird shit. I also just made a Facebook group, so you can hit me up on there if that's your preferred platform. Also, if you like this podcast and would like to support it, a review on iTunes really does help out. Or if you really like this podcast, please consider becoming a patron on our Patreon. See you next week. Bye! <laughs>